Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get sports and you get comics. Last week, you got some sports with my NHL picks from myself and Craig Needles, which, uh, you know, other than the uh, Ottawa-Montreal series, which we're going to end up being horribly wrong on, you're doing pretty good. Um, this week, though, we're getting some comic books. Specifically, we're going to be talking the Daredevil TV show, and if we, you know, have a little time at the end, we're going to talk the new Star Wars and Batman and Superman trailers that came out last week. Um, so for the Daredevil series, I had to get the two guys back who slogged with me through a two-and-a-half-hour Daredevil commentary on that awful Ben Affleck Daredevil movie that we did as prep for this series that came out and was actually pretty good. Uh, Dave Freiberger, welcome back. Say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. All right. And you all know him, Kevin Miller. Welcome back. Thank you. I had just repressed that memory, by the way. Yeah, the old... The, the Daredevil memory? Yeah, oh, come on. Memory. It was <laughs> awesome to torture people. I with. somehow forgot about that series in the wake of the show. That, oh. Sorry, that movie in the wake of the series. As you should, because this show was um, much, much, much better. Um, before we even talk about the, um, the, the series, just before we get into the specifics of the series... I wanted to get you guys, uh, I wanted to discuss the pros and cons of the Netflix model. And I guess it's a, it's probably shouldn't even be called the Netflix model. It should be called the HBO model. And uh-huh. and before that, it should be, before it should be called the HBO model, it should actually be called the BBC model because BBC invented, hey, what if we write all of our episodes before we start filming them? As opposed to, you know, regular network TV where they basically go in with about three scripts and then say, we'll make it up as we go along. Uh-huh. So... Uh, you know, like th- th- there's pros and there's cons for it. I, I, the biggest con is that if they give you 13 episodes like they do with Daredevil, if you're not careful, like you, you can lose an entire day, <laughs> like an entire day out of your life just watching 13 hours because that's basically what this show was. It was pretty much a 13 hour movie. Yeah. Um, I'm of the opinion that unless you're watching like a sitcom where you can watch it from week to week and there's not necessarily some overarching sort of theme going on, um, I prefer watching my TV a full season at a time anyway, so I kind of love it. Uh, Where it gets dangerous, um, and I can actually use a recent example of this, is the uh, first four episodes of the newest season of Game of Thrones leaked. And I have to stop myself from watching the leaked copies, A, because I want to watch higher quality versions than what I assume is some sort of cam of it. And B, I only get Game of Thrones 10 weeks out of every year. I need to pace myself. Uh, I really think that writing the entire script beforehand and filming it based on filming 13 episodes as like essentially elongated movie is a much better version because then you tend to get better writing as a whole where everything kind of fits into a coherent story. Uh, that's that's kind of like what I like about movies in general too is where the whole story kind of fits together. So when the, the television series is actually like linked to each other and actually affect your characters and you can see the growth in the characters within the in the story itself, that's I, I really enjoy that as television. Yeah, and I think that it flows better that if you can watch a couple episodes at a time rather than having to wait for one every week or, you know, mid-season breaks or anything like bullshit like that. <laughs> if, if, if you want to go back to, like, just random watch rant, one random episode or something, just, like, go watch old episodes of The Simpsons or some sitcom that you like. Yeah, or South Park. Like yeah. Something, just a one-off episode. It's where you don't really need to pay attention. But for stories like this, I think it 
does justice to the comic where it actually tries to tell a story of the evolution of a character. Yeah, it is a super long movie. You basically have to watch a season at a time. <laughs> well, you mentioned South Park, and that's like a completely different... It's a completely it, different beast. It's, they, it's a completely it's different beast three altogether. episodes, yeah. and then they stop. Well, it's a completely different beast in the way they write it, in the sense that like they they sit down on like a Friday, and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, we got to get a show it on Wednesday, and they basically, on Friday, they come up with an idea... And they go script to voice to animation to like bang 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 in, in five course days. Of like five days. Yep. Um, it's actually th- an interesting dichotomy because South Park is super topical because of that. Um, but the thing that keeps you rewatching old episodes is the fact that it's got that South Park twist on it. You don't really care about you know <laughs> the topic of the week that was important back in June two thousand six anymore. Yeah, and the fact that their voice actor, like like Trey Parker, is so incredible at voice acting uh, that you know, like his line reads just as Cartman are hilarious sometimes. Yeah, I know. It's just every time I'm watching an episode, I'm like, oh, this is what the episode's about. Then halfway through, they'll have that you know trademark South Park twist. You'll be like, oh, okay, there it is. Or they just take <laughs> that's it what to I was the, looking for. They take it to the South Park degree. Yeah, exactly. So, the biggest difference between. This model, like the, the way they write this particular show for Daredevil, and as opposed to say like, um, as opposed to like the Arrow or the Flash on the CW, which is also which are both good shows as well. Okay. It's just the guys are the guys who have to write um, for the CW shows. They're handcuffed because they have to write around commercials. Uh-huh. You don't have to write around commercials in the Netflix uh, show, so you're basically able to write a 13 hour movie and then you you chunk it up. And, you know, you're, you're able to write out your scripts. I, I mean, um, so, you know, Arrow always has to do those stupid things. I believe the writing device um, for it is called False Jeopardies. Like, they have to they have to create a lot of False Jeopardies where, like, you know, um, Oliver Queen will go places. You know, like, it'll be like, you know, like, he'll be sitting in the Arrow cave with Felicity and Diggle. And then they'll go, they'll get a hit on their little thing. And they'll be like, oh, there's a break in wherever. And then... Arrow will, you know, hop on his costume and get on his bike and head over there and he'll get there and, and he'll have zero out and then nothing will have, you know, nothing will have gone wrong. And then, you know, he'll be like, Felicity, this isn't the right address. And she'll be like, oh my God, somebody's pinging my address. And it'll be like, dun, 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 dun. and then it does that like arrow opening it. And because they got to cut to commercials and they have to, you know, create these fake, you know, plot points. Again, what they're called false jeopardies in the middle of the show. Yeah, and I didn't expect that character to pull a gun on me. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. And, oh wait, she was know, on my side the whole time. Never mind. And then they have, you know, they ha- and they have to do it. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. But like, it, yeah, yeah. it helps shows like this Daredevil show to flow a lot better as opposed to you know the the, net, the Netflix where it's like, hey, we're telling a story and then we have to stop for a little bit because there's commercials. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that they could, if they wanted, is break, put commercials into it. Uh, it. It does have some of those, like not not to the same degree as Arrow does, but uh, there are points where there are natural breaks in the show where you could like like goes like you know swipe black and then goes to a different area or a different character. There I are think that places might that actually do it. I think that might actually be a holdover of them not really knowing how to work with this medium yet. Um, where they're writing a television show, and so they're like, okay, well, a television show has to have this stuff, and they're not really sure how to do it without commercials yet. And they're getting better at it, certainly. Yeah. Well, well, but you f- can even see the differences in like the first season of House of Cards and like Daredevil, for example. Yeah. Where it was very experimental. 
and then they got a bit more comfortable with it. Like they do do the, 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 the false jeopardies and stuff, but they don't do it like three times an episode is the difference again, because of no. uh, yeah, every, every, they don't have, like clockwork. Yeah. Cause like every episode uh, would end like certain episodes would end. Like there was the one episode where stick, um, like at the very end of the episode, he was talking to like a mysterious figure and we'll, we'll get to who that is later when we talk, get into specifics, but it was like, you know, you know, stick and this other guy were in this room where they were, um, you know, like, like bowing to each other and discussing, you know, like, can we bring Matt Murdock into the fold or can we trust him or whatever? And you're like, Oh, what's this stuff? Right. And then, you know, they, it goes it, off. Yeah. And then, uh, he goes off and the thing I love, like, let's, let's try to get into the specifics of the show. The let's thing I like the most about it is the fact that they took it down to the street level, which in my yes. heart of hearts is where I like to be. Like I like to go out into space and do guardians of the galaxy type stuff too. But where I like to do most of my work, cause I'm a Batman fan and I'm a daredevil fan. And I'm like, like I like to see guys in the streets, just punching bad guys that, you know, like, like caricatures of real, like bad guys, like rapists and thugs and stuff, just punching <laughs> those fuckers right in their face and giving them their just desserts. What do you guys think? Uh, That's I, actually, uh, sorry, go ahead, Dave. Uh, I definitely think that, it is something that had to be done this way because it is set in the Marvel cinematic universe. And as they reference it throughout the show numerous times where if, you know, if you're not flying in a suit or have a hammer, you're a giant Hulk guy busting things up. Uh, we don't care. Like he's just a guy in a mask, punch him back or shoot him. So it's something where he's, he's coming in and Daredevil really doesn't have the same extent of superpowers as all of these other bigger superheroes in the uh, Avengers and all that, but it is. And if you universe. watch the show, he takes a beating quite frequently throughout this series. Right? Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. He, he is measured more often. Yeah, it's not off. like, it's not like Tony Stark at the end of Avengers where he takes a nuclear bomb, throws it into, into a black hole into space and then lands on like the Brooklyn bridge and goes, Hey, you guys want to get some shawarma? Like, <laughs> like, it's not like that. Like this is a guy who gets beat the beat. The, you know, I'm going to cuss. We're going to cuss in this one. He gets beat the fuck down this entire episode. Like, this show, this is not for children. Like, you cannot sit down. Like, you can sit 10-year-olds down. Yeah, it's and, not family fun. No, this no. is not family fun. Like, you can sit 10-year-olds down and have them watch the Avengers and have them watch Captain America, you know, throw a shield at people. You, you're you not sitting 10-year-olds down and being like, watch this. This is where Daredevil breaks this fucker's arm. And then, you know, and you actually see him, like, break it. And, the bone and then the arm, like, it's pretty. Like, the bone flies out and everything. Jeez, oh, it it got uh, it got pretty pretty violent for sure. Got real grim. But yep. again, that that's that was my point is that it it almost has to be because he is not to the same degree as these other superheroes. So they have to try to make it more down to earth, more like, oh shit, this this threat can't be so large that Cap or someone is going to show up and solve it. It has to be kind of really low level thug kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was going to make a couple points, and uh, one is basically just that that because it's a complete, they want to go in a completely different tonal direction of it, and they certainly did. Um, that you actually like halfway through forget that oh yeah, I guess like Thomas Stark Stark Towers like down the street, <laughs> like I'm when I was kind of looking over in some of the big skyline shots, I didn't see it, uh, and I'm like oh yeah, I guess this is like you know where Tony Stark lives too, um, and. Yes. Uh, and uh, the other point I was going to make is uh, you were saying, Matt, that, you know, you want to get take it back down to the street level. And that's actually one of the criticisms I've actually heard about, uh, like, Batman in the 
in the D as part of the larger DC universe where like his moral qualms about, um, you know, whether or not he should kill the Joker are kind of unimportant when everyone else that he's friends with is fighting on this grand galactic scale. Like there's a lot more important things to do, but Batman doesn't belong in space. (laughs) Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Well, like we don't need to get into that. (laughs) Yeah. We don't need to get into, we don't need to get into Batman. That's a whole other podcast is is Mm -hmm. Batman fighting in space. But yeah, I I liked watching a show where the hero and anyone else, like I've never seen anyone in the Marvel universe get damaged by falling glass. They always pretend like it's, an issue, but no one even no one even movies. has a scratch on them. Nobody gets um, hurt by glass in movies. That's that's just the way it is. Like no sure. like, every every movie has a scene. Every action movie has a scene where glass breaks and falls on people, and no one is ever cut by it. Hey, the only time, like Die Hard, yeah, Die Hard was the only time, and and even then, Die Hard got cut when he walked across glass. But later, when he shoots the uh, like when he's hanging out the side of the, uh, the the thing, and he shoots the glass and smashes through it to get back inside. He doesn't get, you know, the rest of his body doesn't get tore up. I was actually uh, going to bring up Die Hard as an example, and also a movie that Dave uh, got me to watch recently, John Wick, where this movie has a very solid down-to-earth bullet logic to it, where your heroes are getting injured, and they're maintaining those injuries from one episode to the next, and bad guys are making dumb human mistakes, and no one is a super genius that's so into the point where they can never be touched. Like, everyone has got this flawed human quality to them that kind of speaks well with the tone yeah it's just like the whole daredevil thing like the like just getting back to the conversation about how you're saying that you're taking it back to the streets because this entire show as gritty and insane as it is and like and good as it is when it comes down to it they're honestly fighting for like eight blocks of, of, of a city that like like it's like daredevil's trying to protect basically his corner and you know, the four corners that make up this, this eight block radius that is hell's kitchen, as opposed to the guardians of the galaxy where it's like, Hey, we're flying around and we're, we're at this place now. And trying to find these place. five relics that will end the universe. Yeah. These things that will end the universe. And this guy, the, the, you know, Ronan, the accuser is like, gonna like, he's like, I'm going to land on Nova prime and wreck the <laughs> my, whole planet or Xandar. My, my, my goal is genocide. Yeah. His goal is genocide. And then this one, you know the kingpin they're fighting for a neighborhood <laughs> yeah they want a neighborhood and that's pretty much it um i'm gonna say the thing that i love the most about this and i hope that they for the love of god continue this no origin story god that was phenomenal like the the opening scene you see the guy run through the crowd it's supposed to be murdoch's dad you see him run through the crowd and then they're like you know like there's no you know, you just see the kid laying, and then that scene was harrowing too, because that kid, when he was like, "I can't say," like that was so like, insanely good. That kid and is that, a decent actor, actually. Yeah, it yeah. like we'll start. Yeah, yeah, it punched you right in the face from the get go, which was good. And then you got right into that confessional boot scene; it was great. And like, I hope they continue that when they do future versions of crap, because we're going to get a third Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. eventually like, <laughs> yeah, like a third yeah a third attempt and if we and this is something i've been screaming about forever is origin there's no reason to do spider-man's origin if you can show me one person on planet earth who doesn't know spider-man's origin then you can convince me that okay we need to do the spider-man origin again but yeah, like you can make the argument that a new generation of kids has gotten into comics since the last spider-man origin story like four years ago <laughs> that hasn't <laughs> happened there hasn't been enough time the amazing spider-man yeah it's just 
Definitely not long enough. Yeah, and like we don't need to see Spider-Man, you know, like 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 if you're going to reboot Spider-Man and you want to try to do it good cuz if we're going to reboot it a third time cuz the Amazing Spider-Man series was garbage. Mm-hmm. Um if you're going to reboot it, like reboot it and then let's just have Spider-Man be Spider-Man. Like let's not do his origin story. I don't want to see him in bleeping high school again. I don't want to see with great power comes great responsibility. I don't want Uncle Ben to be cast. I don't want it anywhere. I don't want anything. Let's just see Spider-Man swinging around fighting bad guys and doing stuff. Daredevil did that and then they sprinkled in the the origin story, but there was no like like they didn't do the thing like the Ben Affleck movie where the first like half hour is like yeah. inexplicable up. reasons of how this kid got <laughs> give me a, give me a 45 second cameo appearance of Meryl Streep as Aunt May and that's all I <laughs> yeah like my god in heaven like no real origin story like just well, fucking brilliant by I, I think the, the origin story that. was they, they have it in there but it's spread over by like the first I think five episodes or yeah six they sprinkled minutes? it though they so, sprinkled it which was fine and they did a little bit here and there and they actually did a lot uh, it, it gave me uh it's the same way they did it in uh, arrow basically where i think yeah. that they're gonna do little bits of it here and there over the course of several seasons it's just oh this is happening we need to explain it so we're just gonna bring in a piece from his past to explain <laughs> something or we need to bring this back, or kind of tie things together. With a bit more reverence than five years on a hellish island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love it, but goddamn. <laughs> so, Daredevil actually wins cases in this show, which is a nice nod. Like, I mean, when you're watching again, I hate to keep bringing it up, but I probably will, just how bad the Ben Affleck movie was. Like, Ben Affleck, Matt Murdock didn't actually win cases, unless you was... count the, the director's cut, where he, I guess he got Coolio off. off of Jay. Yeah, oh, I guess yeah. He got, I guess he got Coolio off, but in the actual, like, director's cuts for me don't count, even though we technically did the audio track <laughs> with the director's cut by accident. But, like, ac- director's cuts don't count, so, like, Daredevil basically tried two cases in the movie and got them both wrong, and when he got them both wrong, he went out and he killed the guys that he was too incompetent to prosecute so it's just actually if we're uh, comparing it to the movie i wanted to ask you if the uh, first um episode when they explain why he got such an awesome apartment for so cheap i was wondering if you uh, enjoyed that Basically, oh yeah commentary from the movie it was like why how could you possibly afford this yeah that's true and then this like, one they... he still wouldn't be able to afford it but at least that's why they tried to explain <laughs> yes in this show they yeah they explain that yeah, that that Hell's Kitchen is apparently, um, which is weird because in real life Hell's Kitchen is actually cleaned up. It, like it's not like it was in the '80s when Frank Miller wrote the the great you know Daredevil stories of all time. Like Hell's Kitchen is not terrible in real in in since I think like the early 2000s when Giuliani was mayor and he cleaned up most of New York City. Since so like Ramsey made it popular. Yeah, and like Hell's Kitchen, you can go there and get like 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 you can get takeout from there now. Like people will go to Hell's Kitchen now. It's yep. not really like it's a kind of a tourist attraction it's a landmark so, now. <laughs> yeah it's a landmark and it's not people live there like yeah. in the in in the 1980s it was you know filled with crime and terrible and and whatnot and actually needed to have like a guardian devil protected for god's sake um now it's not so bad though but yeah they did explain why he's they're able to afford some stuff in this movie despite the fact that they're two broke lawyers who are trying to get their practice started mm-hmm. um the wilson fist character um, <laughs> let's start with you, Miller. What do you think? What do you, what are your opinions on Vincent? First off, I thought, I thought Vincent D'Onofrio was fantastic. What about you? Uh, yeah, I did too. Um, again, I like that, uh, they portray him as, especially in the first few episodes as this person who you don't know who he is and they are even afraid to say his name. 
Um, they hold the reveal, which is always fun. Yeah, the way you know, I like it. The, yeah, the reason that I like it, and I knew it was like, you know, of course you know it's coming. Um, even knowing as little about Daredevil as I do, I'm like, well, they're probably going to go to the one villain that I know. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and it was a good dichotomy that they had going the whole time where it wasn't like one guy, like Daredevil, was gaining in influence and Fisk was, you know, losing a bit and then Fisk was gaining. Like, they were both going down the drain as that season progressed, which was very interesting. Like, you could tell that he was kind of losing his control. And they had that great, um, like, backstory episode where Justin cooking breakfast for himself and everything. Like, yeah. it, was, it was a lot of fun. I don't know how much I want to, I'm allowed to spoil on this. Go ahead, spoil everything. Like, we'll All preface right. this, we'll preface this right now. Big fat spoiler alert, I should have put uh, it at the beginning. The way that they tie <laughs> in, uh, alright, the way that they tie in, like, the very first scene that you see him in, and the very last scene that you see him in, where he's staring at, like, the, uh, plaster wall and the painting that looks like a plaster wall, and the, uh, plaster wall from his childhood apartment, and how heavily that just still image kind of plays into everything that he was in that season. It's a lot of fun. And his dad's just a huge asshole. <laughs> but, well, that's the Wilson Fisk character. Yeah, sure, I guess, but uh, I mean, I didn't know that. I certainly didn't get that from well, the movie. The Wilson Fisk character, actually, this is the first time they've actually ever given him any kind of backstory. Yeah. The, the Wilson Fisk character in the comic books, because, like, Marvel, in th this goes back to Marvel's history of just making horrible, like, villains. Like, they never have, because, like, they don't oh, care. Yeah, completely unsympathetic. Yeah, they're unsympathetic to their villains. Their, their villains really, like, Loki is, is kind of their one bad, especially in the movies. Like, Loki and Magneto are pretty mm -hmm. much the only villains that have any kind of, like, backstory. Yeah. Um, This might be their best... If, if we're counting just the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this might be their best bad guy story they've ever done. And it was something they completely made up for the show because um, Wilson Fisk, it, in the comic books, it was always just like, he's he's a drug... He's a wealthy industrialist. Yeah, he's a wealthy industrialist who has you know risen to the... He's like a secret crime lord. And because he's a secret crime lord, he's a bad guy. That's it. And he just does bad guy mob type things. Like, you know, he, he squeezes people out of their homes and he tries to take over this. And yeah, he it's the big guys. guy keeping the little guy down. Yeah, it's the big guy keeping the little guy down. It's And, and you buy that because you're like, whatever, he's a bad guy. Yeah, I, don't, it, it, <laughs> I also am not a billionaire. I don't trust him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Disney. Well, it's the, it was it's, more It's the, the we are the 99%. A little bit, but it's also more the Disney thing, right? Where you're just like, like, like Disney never, like, like Jafar... Jafar is a bad guy, right? But like, at what point? Th there's no background story as to like why is Jafar a bad guy, and you don't give a shit, right? Like you just you watch Aladdin, and it's a great movie, and Jafar is the bad guy who's trying to get power, and he wants to be the Sultan, and he's just an evil guy, and you don't question it, and like like that's part of the reasons they should never make movies like Maleficent. Like Maleficent took one of their best, like Disney villains of all time, like the Evil Queen, and gave her this completely unnecessary backstory like nobody ever asked the question why is maleficent evil and it's just like who cares she's an evil she's, witch just go she's with a it dragon well, yeah stay tuned for uh, i think 2017 uh cruella <laughs> yeah like they're gonna do cruella Deville's background it's like who cares like you've got like one of the greatest evil like anytime someone does like an evil top 10 list where it's like who's you know the most evil characters of all time inevitably you 
like Corella Deville shows up on that list. Sure, Corella Deville is is one evil. part wealthy industrialist and one part kills puppies. <laughs> yeah, and it's like and you don't need more story than that. Like like, and they're gonna do some story if they're doing Corella Deville. It's gonna be like, oh, you know, her, her parents were abusive and they they left her, and you know, she was mauled by a dog once. And yeah, no one's no one's gonna sympathize with her wanting to kill. Puppies. Yeah, and then it's like <laughs> exactly, and it's like, oh god, it's so stupid. Um. So yeah, so they they go back and they give Wilson Fesswick this abusive father past, and he kills. You know, he ends up killing his father and his mom. You know, mm-hmm. you know, gets rid of, gets rid of the body for him and stuff. Yeah. Was, I will I will take points off for him literally coming off like in a monster in every scene that he's in, even when he's like talking with the girl he's seeing and when he's giving the speech at the benefit and stuff like that. Like he's literally growling and coming off like a. <laughs> Yeah, like he doesn't seem like a guy you trust, but he's uh, an ogre. <laughs> like, it, like I got shades of, uh, I mean, not nearly as bad, not a tenth as bad, but uh, penguin running for mayor in the Batman movie. Uh, not uh, that bad, but no. It's like okay, well, I don't know why you people are trusting this guy who was literally a monster. I mean, obviously it wasn't that bad, but I got, I got I'm like, huh? <laughs> he's the growling at people on a microphone. <laughs> I, I really think what they were trying to do is they were trying to make, like, because he really didn't like the media or, like, being in the limelight. Sure. Which is what that, the one whole episode of him coming out into the, the light, basically, where uh, Daredevil forced his hand and made him make up the, make the move himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what they're trying to make him seem like. Instead of him being this, like, really strong leader type, he was just going to be, like, a timid like yeah i third person and that's kind of where they're getting that 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 feel from but i I thought being able to fake a smile seems like it would have helped him a little bit (laughs) but uh i thought vincent played wilson fisk amazing oh yeah for sure well they portrayed him as this kind of man child right like he he was he was like in the sense that he was a man but like you know you know how like when children don't get their way they they snap and then they they start yeah. whining and crying but wilson fisk's version of snapping is crushing a dude's Beating head shit with, out of someone. With, with a car door which was a brutal scene by the way my god i can't believe they got him doing that yeah he just i don't think that I'm, I'm thinking back now i'm like does he shoot anybody because i think he just literally attacks people with his hands yeah and like, like he strangled the uh ben yeah, Ben Urich, who, oh my god, was he ever fantastic as, as uh, Ben Urich. What's his name? Vondi Curtis Hall? Jesus, he did that character justice. Like that one... Is that a character? Like, did oh, they make that one up? Or yeah, that was yeah, Joel Pantoliano portrayed Ben Urich in the, the reporter in the Ben Affleck movie, right? Well, like, I Ben Urich is in, <laughs> in the books, he works for... They didn't reference this, because in, in the show, he was just working for, like, the New York Daily or whatever, but usually Ben Urich is, uh, works for the Daily Bugle. Because again, this takes place in New York City, right? So he's like uh, J. Jonah Jameson's like you know ear to the streets guy who who figures stuff out in the comics. But like that episode where they were talking about um, where you spent like the first half hour with him, and then it was you know we found out he was trying to get uh, insurance for his wife. Insurance (laughs) for his wife. My God, that was all that brilliant. That hurt. Those scenes with her, Jesus, my heart. Yeah, but like, the, yeah, the, like, the funeral scene. Oh my god. Just getting back to like, like, and then you know, Fisk kills him at the end of the thing, and and he does, um, because Fisk was always like that. That that was a good version or a good way to do him, because that was the way they did him in the comics, where you know he was like this sumo wrestler. Um, Fisk never really. I, I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, now that you brought it up, him ever picking up a gun in 
the cartoon either because he you know whenever he got his hands dirty he was always willing to get his hands dirty Mm -hmm. um the scene when um fisk actually flips out at first beats the shit out of dare like when when after daredevil's hurt and then he's like i'm gonna go after attack fisk and fisk like oh yeah when he fights um oh yeah uh what's his name nobu nobu Nobu, Nobu, which is another reference entirely we'll get to that down the line um when wilson fit like after he gets kind of beat by nobu and then he he goes like when he's half hurt and he goes to attack fisk and then fix just beats the fuck out of him that i am not gonna say was a direct reference but it felt like they lifted a bit from the pages of um frank miller's born again which is one of the better daredevil probably the in my opinion the best actually daredevil um Hmm. series when he did born again they, they um, did uh they did rip from all three of the main daredevil comics well they 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 took pieces they took pieces and they and they took what worked and they restructured them but it wasn't like a like they didn't copy straight it. up remake yeah they, they didn't they didn't copy it word you know frame for frame or word for word they they, they did it justice though and they, there's a scene in born again where you know basically after the um the, well, basically what happens is in Born Again, Fisk figures out that Murdoch is the Daredevil mm-hmm. and, you know, proceeds to destroy him and his, you know, clientele and his business and his... Him and everyone he's ever known. And everyone he's ever known. And um, Daredevil eventually breaks Daredevil's mind to the point where Daredevil's like, that's it, I'm going to his place and we're going to have this out. And when he does, Fisk just pummels him and, like, leaves, throws him out like a window. It's really good. Um... You mentioned his wife earlier, played by I don't even know how to pronounce her name. Uh, I let Zur. I don't know. She was excellent, but I I don't know if she's been. I haven't seen her in anything that I would. Uh, I'm not familiar with her. Well, she was in Man of Steel. I think she played the. Uh, oh, good. Um, she, she played. Uh, uh, oh God, she was only in a couple scenes. She she played Lara, uh, Superman's mom, in in. Uh, in Man of Steel, so oh, in like okay. in like the flashbacks to uh, mm-hmm. um, Krypton and whatnot, um, she was good. The only thing I didn't like, because um, Vanessa Fisk is always, I, I thought that was a, a nice touch. I just wish they gave her the trademark. Her, her character in the uh, in the comics always had these trademark white streaks in her hair, and I just okay. I, I kind of wish they did that. That was the only thing. Other than that, that was uh, you know I had, I had no beef with that. I thought that she was fantastic, and the scenes with her were phenomenal. Yeah, sure. Yeah, she worked well. Uh, keeping it with the female characters, uh, Claire Temple, played by Rosario Dawson. <laughs> uh, I, we needed more of her, and I hope that we see more of her in the future. Well, I assume we will, because Claire Temple is the night nurse, and she is a love interest for Luke Cage. So, Oh, really? I'm hoping that she... <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that down the line she will be in the Luke Cage show, but she had her two best scenes in that movie and like Rosario Dawson's fantastic and everything that she does, even crap like clerks too. Um, she had the, the monologue when she pulls um, him out of the dumpster mm-hmm. and saves him. And then he says like, you know, or was it? She says like, you know, how, how, you know, why did you save me? And then she does this monologue of talking about how, uh, People were saved by a man in a black mask. Exactly, and you're clearly that guy, and, and you need to keep doing like that monologue that she did was great. And then the scene when the Russians like had her tied to the chair and they were beating the shit out of her, <laughs> and then the lights went out and she was like, "Ha ha!" And she did that like laugh. Oh my god, that was yeah. like, 
Like I had to rewind it and watch that again because that laugh that she did was so fantastic. Ask him yep. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, that was just fantastic. Um, what did you guys think of the first outfit? Let's start with Dave. I I preferred it. <laughs> okay. The first time I saw it, I actually got uh, what's his name, Iron Fist vibes from it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely it definitely looked like the Iron Fist. What do you think, Dave? The just like the black hat and the black like. That kind of outfit. Yeah, just his all black outfit before they got because like they 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 worked their way to the actual Daredevil costume, Dude. right? Oh yeah. Uh, I think it was fine for being someone who is blind, who really has no idea on how to design something like that. Makes sense to me. He's like, oh, okay, I got a black sweater, got a black hat, just cover my eyes. Let's do it. <laughs> it's pretty much. I really liked it. I really liked it. I preferred it, actually. Uh, not that I don't like the actual costume. I think it's uh, completely serviceable, but it definitely is a uh, you know bit more cartoony. I, I think that for a very gritty first season, what they have is fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was great. It was If I'm remembering this correctly, I think that he actually had that in when, Dare, or when Frank Miller did um, The Man Without Fear when he was redoing the Daredevil origin. It's kind of like a year one thing. Yeah, I was just going to say he did kind of a mini. It wasn't like a full on year one, but I think he only he had that cost, that particular costume where it was like that all black. And then Frank Miller drew it and that kind of um, uh, that kind of Sin City style where it was mostly black and oh, it was yeah. just black and some white. Yeah, and they just do shadows. And, but I think if I may be telling tales at a school here, but I think he only had that for like three or four. Um, frames before he, he you know what he was doing kind of a, a it wasn't like a full-on like like because frank miller did you know batman year one and it was a whole right. costume it was just like you know a, a chapter in the man without fear where he kind of did a year one yeah but that kind of vibe like i, I like that costume i don't expect that we'll ever see it again of course but uh i thought it was a, a good lead-in yeah and it did look like the uh the Iron Fist outfit. So, like later went on when they do the Defenders show, mm-hmm. you know, he can say something like, "Hey, I used to have an outfit like just like that," or something like that. You know, they, could, uh-huh. you know, they could do banter like that. That's always fun. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and give a big round of applause to this show because they did stick. For the love of God, I yep. don't know how you could even think about making an entire Daredevil thing and not including Stick. But by God that jerk off asshole who did the first Batman or who did the first Daredevil movie went ahead and did it. Although I got a few tweets from people who listened to the Daredevil commentary and they told me that uh, apparently stick was in the Electra movie. Oh, oh really? Geez. <laughs> That's a waste. Oh um, God. Yeah. And I'm like, great. So it's even worse, but yeah, but it was the same. So guy, what we so... should do is we should do the uh, commentary for the Electra movie next. Absolutely not. <laughs> Man, they, like it, you, you could talk me into it, but I'd have to. The problem with that one is I've never actually seen the entire Electra movie to the point where I didn't even know Stick was in it. <laughs> Neither have I. So, so I would up. have to actually watch it once <laughs> and then watch it again with you guys, which means two watches, and I really don't want to do that. You have to get those hour and a half back. That episode, like he was only in one episode, and as as came as as quick as he came, he was gone. But the fact that he was there was fantastic, and he got to have like a fight with daredevil which god that was that was a fantastic scene and then at the end we got to meet um the guy he was talking to which most people believe is um stone 
who's his partner in the chast, which is a group of, that they use to fight. Sticks and stones, I get it. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really easy there. But um, yeah, like him and... <laughs> I don't yeah, get it. <laughs> well, they, 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 they're part of a group called the chast, and they fight, they're a group of ninjas that fight the other group of supreme evil ninjas known as the Hand, which brings us to uh-huh. the character they made up for this show called Nobu. Nobu. Who showed up and fought daredevil in one episode and when he fought him he was wearing a red ninja outfit which is the was, signature outfit of the hand i was actually wondering if that was like a tie-in to the uh group that electra is supposed to be a part of yes it absolutely was the, the okay, hand so i was right yeah, yeah the hand something. always wear this they, they sprinkled tons of stuff into this show that was one of them where um, Nobu was wearing the red outfit, and it was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, so if you were, nerd! yeah, if you were, if you were, Just gotta keep everything together. Yeah, you could nerd, nerd race stuff. The other, there, there were a few. The other one was like, there, there was a really good flashback episode that they did where it was showing Foggy and. Uh, oh, when they were in school. When they oh, were yeah, in school, the, uh, and then. Avocados at law. Yeah, and oh, yeah, <laughs> when they were at law school, and then he has that one because, like, the one thing that they do with, um. Uh, Matt Murdock that they don't do with any other character and I mean on both sides like Marvel or DC don't really do this like Matt Murdock gets gets laid and he gets laid constantly by like 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 Murdock if he's sitting there with the rest of the Avengers and like the Avengers are like you know like you know Captain America is kind of like you know I had like so-and-so or whatever you know Matt Murdock could sit there and be like yeah Black Widow had her you know, like, like <laughs> Misty Knight, Hatter, Electra, Hatter, you know, like he's like, like he's knee deep. And in this and, and, and they, they, they do that, that in this show as well, because like they, they have the scene where like he's back and he, and and, uh, and it was another, you know, like nerd reference where uh, Foggy goes, you know, when they're back in uh, uh, law school and he goes, what happened? Whatever happened to you and that that Greek girl that you had? And it was like, oh. So they had Nobu fight. That scene was fantastic. Like, how good was the choreography in that well, particular of, fight scene? Of all the fight scenes in the show, that was probably the best. Because I thought the the one thing that Charlie Cox here lacked was actually some looked like some real martial arts training. I think that was like the one thing that he was the weakest on. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure if I agree. Like, like you, I think you can you can let it go. Like, it's I, I, definitely I'm not possible. in a good position to judge that sort of but, thing. Let's put it that way. But that that was probably the like of a show that it, that I claim is phenomenal and would recommend it to anybody who likes anything to do with Marvel or any comics at all. Watch mm-hmm. it. But that that's the one area where the, there was a little lacking, but not not a ton. Just. Just a little. The only knock that I think I can think of. Well, I think that hallway fight scene in episode two. <laughs> that was probably oh the God. best. Yeah, that's yeah that was one. definitely number two. Where he's just brutal be. and he's like almost falling over every time he gets hit. And he keeps getting hit because he's already so injured. And like, the, and it was one big tracking shot It was shot one too. continuous take, yeah. Yeah, and like apparently like it, they, they, they 
from what I've read, they got it in a couple of takes, but like it took them a couple of takes to get it completely right. But yeah. it was basically like one long tracking shot, right? Like, like six was, solid minutes or something. Yeah. And, and, and like that was insane and so well choreographed and like, oh God, like that, that was like kudos to everybody who, who did that because like the way that it like, because like they went into rooms and stuff too the way they shot it right like like the camera guy like i don't know if they had it on a on a on a tracker like on a belt or or if it was just one guy with a steady cam who was just like slowly backing up and then backing into the rooms and whatnot and then moving out of the room and then moving into another room down further down yeah, the hall. like but, a narrow hallway too <laughs> yeah like god like kudos to everybody who was involved with that because that was goddamn impressive um the Karen Page character, played by Deborah Ann Wool, who is uh, most famous for playing um, Jessica on True Blood. Um, <laughs> oh, never saw True Blood. I fig- I knew I saw it. Like I, I, she has a face that looks like I recognized her, and I looked it up on the IMDb, and I'm like, nope, never seen any of those. <laughs> She like she I thought she was fantastic in the show, to be honest with you. And like when I heard that they cast her, I was like, that's a little weird because, um, you know, it's true blood. You can't really judge people off of true blood because true blood is just nonsense. Like it's, 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 it's a nonsense show. But like I, I, I started to think about it. And if you watch True Blood, which I did because I love it, because I hated it so much, it was one of those <laughs> shows I, I like. I loved it because it was so goddamn ridiculous, oh, and like they it took was. it. Okay. Yeah, they took it seriously, and it was like, oh my god! And but she is the only character in that show that actually grows and learns stuff and does <laughs> stuff, and from season to season, like, like I, I started to think about it because it was such a poorly written show, taken from a poorly written you know, series of books um, that that I, I, I sat there and I thought about it and I was like, yeah, she was the only character that learns any lessons and grows at all and then makes decisions that affect, you know, people as the series go on. Because, like, basically, like, her character in True Blood was, um, uh, uh, God, what's the main guy's character? The Bill Compton character. I can't remember the name of the guy who, who plays him. Um but he basically kills a vampire to protect Anna Paquin in season one. And because he killed a vampire, they're like, well, since you've killed a vampire, you now have to create one of your own. And they bring out Devil <laughs> and Wool, And they're like, since you lost one, you now have to bring another one. You know, since you took one of ours, you now have to create another one. And then he turns her and she goes from being like this. Uh, she was this extremely sheltered, like church girl. And now all of a sudden it's like you're the extremely and all of a sudden you're a baby vampire against your will and you can basically do whatever you want. Yep. You are now forever a creature of the night police girl. Yeah, within reason. <laughs> police girl. But she didn't have a choice. Like police girl literally like, didn't want to die. Yeah, police girl at least had the choice. Like Alucard was like, Do you want to be a vampire? She was like, sure. Otherwise I'm like uh otherwise i'm dead but like this girl had no choice and then i have a name like, yeah like throughout the series the deborah ann wool character actually grows and like learns stuff and we watch her you know transform from like a baby vampire into an actual vampire whereas like anna paquin's entire you know character arc is who am i having sex with this season right like it was just uh like true true blood is such a goddamn terrible show that my expectations were i guess so low And then when I saw her do it, like she was doing that really good scene in the first episode where she was in the interrogation room. 
and I was like, okay, this girl can act. Here we go, <laughs> right? Like, sure, yeah. Like that was kind of when I realized. Yeah, no, she's a good character. Um, yeah. She was one of my favorite characters until she killed my actual favorite character. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my true. boy Wesley, yeah. dude. The very first scene with Wesley in it, he was in the show for I think thirty seconds, and I watched the whole the whole series with Romy. 30 mm-hmm. seconds, I lean over to Romeo. I'm like, I love this guy. He's, <laughs> he's the my best. favorite guy. <laughs> he's the best character in this show so far. And she's like, he's, like, how do you know? I'm just like, just, he hasn't even done anything. And then, like, two minutes in, after he does something, I'm like, come on. That was amazing. <laughs> You'll see. Just look <laughs> at him. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Wesley was, I think, the best character. I, I, I like that scene, but I'm like, oh, man. I wish he was still around. <laughs> Well, they did. They did the Wesley character. Um, they did him so dirty in the in the movie because it was basically that one guy, um, <laughs> the one the, the one guy who I was telling you was from Very Bad Things and Seven. And oh yeah, he, yeah. He had like two two scenes where he was basically standing next to um, Michael Clark Duncan, and, and it was just awful. It, not the guy's oh, yeah, fault. Yeah. It was bad script, and there was nothing he could do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then you talked about you mentioned how Karen Page. Uh, the character how she killed wesley and then you see her drinking she started drinking towards the end of the show which right, yeah. to me as a as an ultra daredevil nerd i'm hoping that that starts her slide into her best stuff in the comics which is where um she gets addicted to heroin uh, oh. <laughs> because i mentioned that she uh, i mentioned that um in war again fisk figures out the um yeah the people <laughs> the daredevil's identity uh-huh. Um, the way he does is Karen Page sells the Daredevil's um, identity to somebody for heroin. Like she sells it for a fix. Like she's like, I'll tell you who Daredevil is if you give me H. And then he gives it, and she, but and she's like, I'll just tell this low-level guy he's just some junkie drug dealer. It won't make its way up the ladder, and of course it does, <laughs> all the way to Fisk. And then that's how Fisk figures out the identity and uses it to destroy everybody. And then Karen Page has to try to make her way back from like uh i think she was in mexico or something like that um to get all the way back to hell's kitchen to you know explain to matt hey i fucked up and it was really good and i think which i think is one of the reasons they cast deborah ann wall because you you, you can make that easy transition because she's so goddamn skinny that you can make that easy transition from hey we need you to look like a heroin addict now if they you know choose to make a season two out of the show Uh i think we'll get it um, what did you think of uh, Fulton Reed as uh, Foggy Nelson? Foggy Nelson. I thought he was fantastic, and I was wondering the entire time why we haven't seen this guy since, like, D3. I, was I like, thought he was really good, too, and I'm like, where has he been on my life? Mean? And eventually you, I forgot that he was Fulton Reed. <laughs> you, you have seen this guy since D3. He was in a couple of uh, blockbuster movies. I don't know if you remember them. Uh, one of them being Castaway. Yeah, whatever. At, as a minor <laughs> role, and then he was actually in Hunger Games. Yeah, I haven't seen Hunger Games. I can't watch any of those. I but don't like, think I don't think I could watch the next one anymore because he, that one was so bad. He's but like Dumb and Dumber, he, and that's stuff. right. He like, wasn't that. Yeah, he was the mute dude. I he was remember the guy that. who didn't talk. Yeah, he's he like, but like his his IMDb. If you look at it, it's basically just. Like eight things. Three no, it's not eight things, but it's all like, hey, I was, you know, in ER 
You know, it's yeah, like, hey, I was a guy who was I was a guy who was hurt once in the ER. Hey, I was on private practice one time on I was on trial. Hey, I was also hurt on Grey's Anatomy. You yeah. know, like, like it's, I was a corpse in three seasons of uh, Yeah, suicide. I was I was on Law and Order one time, right? And it's just like I'm like, where is it like <laughs> how did this guy like I'm glad that he's found a spot here, but I was I was shocked because like he was so freaking good in this movie. That ninety yeah, percent of the time, if I recognize an actor, and I'm like, who is this guy? How do I know who he is? It's like, oh, he's been in one episode of everything. <laughs> I didn't realize he was in Lords of Dogtown, which yeah, apparently is, uh, he was. That's a low budget uh, skateboarding film. Actually, it was very well done. I I enjoyed it. I did. I heard of it. The Madam Gao character. Fun. A lot definitely, of fun. Definitely enjoyed Never that. Never gave a shit. <laughs> a lot of a lot of cats on the internet um thinking that yeah. Madame Gao is going to be the crane mother from Iron Fist. Okay. Um several Iron Fist references throughout. Um the most obvious one is the heroine that she would make, which was called the Still Serpent. Mm-hmm. Um it had the symbol on it and the the symbol that um, was the reference to the heroine. That is the exact symbol that Davos, the steel serpent has tattooed on his chest. And okay. he's like the main um, Iron Man villain and or Iron Fist, Iron Fist, Fist villain. Um, and we saw that she was able to knock Daredevil out with like yeah. one, one well, good palm thrust. Yeah, well, one good strike. And she sent his ass flying. So, uh, so there's that. Um, she like if she is and i hope to god if that is the reference if she is the uh the crane mother because that was um that would mean that if they're gonna do the iron fist series they're gonna base it off of um the immortal iron fist series which was the best stuff that they ever did um for that particular uh show and i actually or for that particular series and i actually um went digging for the comic for my comics to see if I still had it. And I do still have volume one and I plan on tearing through that sometime soon to get me, (laughs) to get me pro. Although they're doing, um, they're doing AKA Jessica Jones next, aren't they? I have no idea. I think that's the next one that they're doing. I Um, I know, I know the way they've set it up at least is they've, they've left a lot of doors open, like a lot. I think they're doing AKA Jessica Jones. Cause I think that they're filming that. Cause that's the only one that they've got completely cast up. Cause I know that they don't have any of Luke Cage cast up. Um, and I, I haven't even checked to see if they got, so if, if I had to guess, it seems like the plan is daredevil, Jessica Jones, then probably iron fist. And then they'll do Luke Cage and then they'll do the defenders. Um, yeah, that, that was, that was the whole plan behind this anyway. That's what Netflix signed on for yeah, it's, it's it should be fantastic. Um, I wonder. I wonder if the Defenders is actually going to be a movie. Uh possibly. I don't like. I mean, I don't think so. But like, I, th- I think they'll do a uh, a fifth series with them. But hopefully that these guys make it because like the whole Marvel thing that they're building to is, um, the Civil War, right? So if they get all these series out before the Civil War is supposed to happen, which I th- I think they've got Civil War pen for like 2018 or 2019. They can have them all in it they've got to have them all in it, right? Like even, even like Charlie Cox has got to show up as, you know, Derek. I mean, he doesn't have to play like a significant role, but he should at least be there. Right. Just a guy standing there. Otherwise it's, it's giant. You gotta get it. You gotta get him to speak. He's got a sexy voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear. Otherwise it's a giant missed opportunity, right? Like, uh-huh. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, so like the Madame Gao, like cause, uh, the other reference that she had where it might be the Iron Fist thing is she says something like, um, she has that like one scene where she sits down and talks to Fisk and then she's like, I'm going home. And then Fisk says, yeah, Leland, yeah. yeah, she's like, I'm going back to China. And then and and, I'm going back to my homeland. <laughs> yeah, she says, I'm going back to my homeland. And then he says something like, what, China? And she goes, no, I'm going considerably further away than that, which yeah. could easily be a reference to the, you know, the heavenly cities. Um of Iron Fist origin. Um, Fun Iron Fist fact. The only reason I know that Iron Fist is a like actual superhero is because when I was playing City of Heroes, I tried to name a character Iron Fist, and it was already, you know, they won't let you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, my like Superman guy with like giant robot gloves is taken. I can't name him Iron <laughs> Fist. <laughs> it's the perfect name. Um, yeah, that wasn't the only reference because. Um, Melvin Potter, the guy who ends up making the Daredevil costume, who had the you know the awesome fight scene with him, mm-hmm. um, that was the Gladiator. Like like the, he was originally a Daredevil villain named the Gladiator, and he had saw blades and stuff. So when he I, when it was like Melvin Potter, I was like <gasps> the Gladiator, and then it's like a blueprint that he pushes aside that's got a saw blade. <laughs> exactly right. The blueprints were the uh, <laughs> the designs for his Gladiator costume that maybe. Uh, Maybe like originally the Melvin the, the the journey we go on with the Melvin Potter character is he tries to become a bad guy as gladiator and is for a little bit and then Daredevil beats him and Daredevil goes like well why don't you be a good guy and then <laughs> sure and Daredevil goes well and you know Melvin Potter basically goes well you know why not and get my ass kicked as a bad guy let's become a good guy right and then they move on I thought that was a fantastic reference um the constant references to Fogwell's gym which is the gym where his dad trained to be a boxer and, and whatnot. Yeah. And we keep going back there. Like, cause like that gym is so important to the daredevil history because it's, you know, it's where his dad trained. It's where he trained and it's where daredevil actually lured his father's killer in the show or in the comics. And then, you know, took his revenge for killing his father. And then, you know, he and foggy after they had their falling out in like episode nine or 10 or whatever, they, that was a good episode too. Yeah, they had their reconcile, you know, they reconcile in the gym, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is a really good scene." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the episode where they have their falling out, and like the, that's the one with all the uh, college flashbacks and stuff. That was a really good one. <laughs> it shows when they're quitting like the big lodge and uh, law firm that they're working at. Yeah, they, yeah, that was a very good episode. It didn't have any bullseye references yeah, in this series. Options there. Um. Yeah, just uh, I mean, I guess there was sort of one. I thought there might be one Maybe at they one just point. Want to stay away saving from bullseye. Far away from. Yeah, I guess I guess they're saving bullseye, but um, for uh, I guess if they got a season two, you obviously want to say you wouldn't want to use Fisk and Bullseye in the same thing. Are you listening, the guy who made the Marvel movie, or made the movie? Um, <laughs> the, like, say, yeah, there was if you're one like me, and that's the only reference to Daredevil you have. I mean, you want to save at least one of them. Yeah, and. Like there, there was the one. Uh, like I don't know any other Daredevil villains. There was one part where Fisk hires the sniper, and, and the sniper was like shooting those cops, and then like the sniper like goes into his bag, and there's like a bag, there's like a pack of cards in his bag. Sniper. And I was just kind of like, oh god, was there like was that bullseye? But like the sniper missed a bunch of shots, so I was like, no, he missed a bunch of shots. I can't fucking be bullseye. So I guess it was sort of a, I don't know. Backhanded. Um, scale of one to ten, what are you giving this show? Let's start with Miller. Uh, um, 
I'm going to say a, I'll, I'll give it an eight and a half, nine. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. There are some fairly cartoony bits that I wish were downplayed a bit more. Like, he definitely had his big hero shot at the end where it shows him on top of the building and the camera pans around him, and then he hears a crime and jumps off the building, and it's like, Daredevil. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, you could have just ended the season with Fisk in prison staring at the wall, and I would have thought it was perfect, but... I understand why they need to do that. Oh, yeah. um, and they earned it, too. So they, they did, and they certainly worked their way up to it. It wasn't like the end of the second episode or anything. Um, so, like, I do have some issues with the show. Um, as I've mentioned in the past, like, I wish that their villain wasn't so cartoonishly villainous in some scenes. Um, but, again, there's a lot of fun to be had there, too. Like, I, I can explain away a lot of the problems that I have with the show and the problems that I have with it are very few. So, eight and a half, nine. Well, I, I, I don't think it was as cartoonishy as, as like the Fisk character. It's like, cause like Fisk, most people know Wilson Fisk from the Spider-Man animated series, right? Where he was like over the top cartoonish super villainy, right? Where like basically <laughs> every, the end of every episode was him going like, you know, I'll get you next time, Spider-Man. Like and he was literally like, a cartoon super villain. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was, it was exactly that. Right. I thought, I thought they did this new take. I thought that was fantastic what do you think dave scale of one to ten uh i'd definitely give it a nine uh the the only knock again was the the choreography fighting so i think they can clearly clean that up for the second season being a first like season, choreography i don't know uh there's just some some scenes where it just look look kind of ridiculous i think you know get the guy a couple fighting lessons teach him how to box teach him some muay thai and you know he'll be good all good all there but that that's really the only thing, the only problem with the the whole show is that because it it felt like the show was written well, it had well act like good acting across the board. Like I don't think I can pick one person where I'd be like, well, that guy is terrible. I was uh, actually waiting for a plot hole where you know something would come up that a blind person couldn't even pick up, even with super senses, and <laughs> and they were kind of careful to avoid that. And I'm like, oh, careful there, Matt Murdock. Like, you don't want to give too much away. But uh, they were actually, he was pretty good about that. Yeah. Like, so, when, they, when he first meets Ben, and he's like, oh, he just nodded. He's like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know what he did, Matt Murdock. <laughs> he's like, you know, reaching out to, like, shake people's hands and, like, falling, like, a foot and a half short. <laughs> Intentionally. Yeah, exactly. So. But at least he had a well-combed head of hair, unlike uh, Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh, Ben Affleck. And I explained that, too. He's like, I mostly just guess. <laughs> Hope for the best. Well, they actually used that Daredevil villain in the second season of um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know if you're that far into it, but I'm, I'm going to spoil a little of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to you. But have you seen the episode where um, uh, Kyle MacLachlan uh, gathers like the team of evil dudes? Oh, no, I'm not quite that far. Well, one, one of the guys they find is um, Angar the Screamer. And in... In that version, he has like a Hannibal Lecter mask attached to his mouth, and when they take the mask off, if he screams, it like kills. Bane. Yeah, it kills everything with within a radius within you know a, anything that can hear it basically can kill him. And that was their version in the comic version. David Angar is um, uh, a Daredevil villain, and. You know, he has a sonic scream that he does that basically, like, when he does it and you hear it, it messes up your equilibrium. And, you know, he fights Daredevil, who can only, who only has four senses. And then when Angar the Screamer takes away another sense from him, you know, 
it becomes mm-hmm. a whole like he's fighting with only three senses right because now he can't hear because anger the screamer like screams and it busts his eardrums and then messes up his uh, balance and his equilibrium and whatnot yeah and the so, ability to taste is only so useful in a fight <laughs> exactly and they <laughs> they so they they didn't do that guy but they they certainly used him in the um horrible season two of agents of shield but that's another podcast um <laughs> let's talk a few uh movie trailers uh, yeah we, sure we're done with the daredevil series we graded it um oh what did you give it pierce oh the daredevil series i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a, a nine out of ten strong nine because like we went to the because they did the comic justice and we went down to the street level to the point where like we we, we don't have you know, we're not watching Tony Stark build a, a machine for a half hour. We're not watching, you know, Thor and and you know, guy Thor and whatnot get attacked by the color black. And uh, could you imagine? Could you imagine a Thor miniseries? It would be so boring. No, it'd be fine. It's just it'd it be days to, of our lives in space. Yeah, it would have to be so <laughs> over the top. And, and they, and they, they do, do want it now. They do do mini Thor stuff in. Uh, Agents of Shield because they can afford that one bride who plays uh, Lady Sif. Lady Sif, so she she shows up from time to time. If you um, want an occasional Asgardian tie-in, yeah, it, first season of Agents of Shield is fun. Um, let's start with the Star Wars one, and then we'll get to the Batman one because the Batman one's going to be the biggie. But we'll do the Star Wars one real quick. Um, let's start with Dave. What did you like and what did you not like about the Star Wars trailer? I like that it was uh, a little bit more intuitive. It showed more than the first one, but uh, I I like, I'm going to see this movie regardless. So if they never came out with a trailer, I'd go watch it anyways, because it has a star Wars label on it, but it kind of got me uh, a little, uh, at least confident that it might be a good movie because if we think back to episode one's trailer, episode one's trailer looked really good, but basically they gave us all the good parts in that movie in the trailer. And then that was the shitty ass movie. That trailer so, was incredible. Oh my so, God. Duel of the fates and Sam Jackson is there and you and McGregor's there and Liam Neeson's there and you have no reason to suspect it's going to be a bad. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm going to watch this movie no matter what. Uh, the, the premise looks like it's pretty awesome. Uh, with uh, the talk over, uh, the voiceover, sorry, and then uh, Harrison Ford at the end. Uh, I'm, it looks good, but I, I still reserve the right to be skeptical of the movie if it comes out, even though George Lucas has nothing to do with it, and it's probably going to be an infinitely better movie than episode one. God, I hope it is. I, I just, have reservations about saying infinitely better, but <laughs> there's no chance it can be worse. There is there is no way you can make a Star Wars movie worse than Episode One. It is not. It, it's just not physically possible. No, like, we live in a post prequel world. We know what mistakes not to make. Now it's, so, it's it's academic. It's almost it's film history at this point. Uh, I'll, I'll add one more thing. The the part of the trailer that I think got me most excited was the mask that almost looks like Revan's mask. Yes, absolutely, a thousand percent. Like I, so, I was, I so was wondering. If, I was like, "Oh my God, is that Revan? Because he could be there." <laughs> so, so if classic Revan, if what they do is instead of having Sith, they now have Revanites. I'm like, I'm all over it. But I, I don't know if that's going to happen. 
No, I don't think it will either. It's not it's not retcon, but it's fun to think about it. It's nice that they took that particular it's a, mask. It's and, a tie-in. They knew what yeah. they were doing. They got you. Exactly right. I mean, right. if the if the fans if the first like teaser was supposed to you know get you excited, this one was for this was fan service. This was entirely fan service. Yeah, um, and speaking of fan service, Ben Affleck in the Dark Knight just, Rises Batman Iron Man outfit. It's a good segue into the Batman Superman trailer that people are. I'm excited to know your opinions on this, Pierce. Losing their minds. I honestly have. My opinions are, are very. Well, you know more about. Like, I've never read um, A Dark Knight Returns. And I understand that there might be some sort of tie in here. Well. It's... At the end of that particular trailer, at the, at the end of the Batman, like you hear Batman, or you see Affleck in, and he's not wearing a regular Batman suit, right? Because you see him wear it too. You see him wear it kind of looked Hulk like, Buster. yeah, it, it kind of looked like the Dark Knight um, Returns outfit where he was like a little older and a little bigger and a little broader. Uh-huh. Um, but at the end, it it showed him literally in the dark Knight rises or the dark Knight returns outfit, which is the one he puts on in book four to fight Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's kind of like an iron man thing and it'll boost his strength and it, you know, it'll give him some enough, um, power and strength so that if he actually punches Superman in the face, it, you know, it can hurt Superman. Um, I just, other than that, it, kind of didn't it look like sucker punch to you without that to fall back on this is everything i feared <laughs> this i saw that trailer and rolled my eyes so hard that i got a headache and nearly fell out of my chair oh my god did i not like that trailer <laughs> it, it it looked really bad like do you bleed like yeah it, it, are you kidding it, me it, it, it like batman's got better bad he's more clever than that right like oh god and I mean, at least at least it was a robot voice, so we know we're going to get, uh, you know, Batman cow configuration robot voice as opposed to, where's the trigger? Where <laughs> is it? You never give it to an ordinary citizen. And, um, ah, <laughs> uh, man, but like like seeing him in the in suit, I thought was pretty cool. And the fact that the Superman costume at least had some goddamn color. Actually, um, I think it was today, like the same day that they officially released the trailer, they released like a couple of posters for it, and those are pretty awesome. I don't know if you've seen those. No, I have not. Um, um, they, they're actually kind of like, like they look like they're like comics era 1960s. Like they're black and white and red and yellow and blue. Like those are the five colors that they are. Like it's it's CMYK. Um, but it basically has like uh, Batman, what is supposed to be Batman's face, and like a gray background. But then like there's this like torn paper sort of uh, Superman logo over his face. You can actually see his face, and then vice versa with the Batman logo over uh, Superman's face. It's pretty interesting. I think they look pretty cool. It's the coolest thing I've seen about this movie so far, and I'm still not going to give a shit. Um, it's going to be bad. <laughs> oh, so bad. Yeah, it, it probably. It's a, it, I, I wasn't prepared for how Zack Snyder it would be. Oh my if, god. If this movie comes out to be a solid B, I will be surprised. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... That's generous. I, I can't see it ever happening. <laughs> the problem is the blueprint is there. Like, all you have to do is take 
the, the script that was written. Yeah, the script that was written in 1986 by Frank Miller. I mean, it was the greatest graphic novel novel of all time. And like the fact that um, Snyder has him in that suit at least tells me that at the very least he cracked a book open, right? So he read it. Yeah, at, like he's got that going for him. But I mean, the rest of it, who knows? And they didn't really give you anything else to go on. Like we heard Jeremy Irons, but we didn't see him. We, we heard Jesse Eisenberg, but we didn't see him. And I don't know. Like, I, I, I remain pessimistic about this one. But when he showed, you know, Batman in the in that suit, I was like, oh, my God, that's exciting. And then he immediately did the, you know, <clears throat> do you bleed while you're about to line? I was like, oh, God. Like, yeah. Snappy without, dialogue. Without having that, like, fan nod to fall back on, and I maintain that probably 90% of the people who are interested in this movie won't have that to fall back on. Um, it, it's, there's nothing in that trailer for me. Because, like, like, I, I wanted to get your opinions of it because I'm like, this seems like it could be from that, but I don't know. And, you know, the average 12-year-old kid who's going to go see this movie doesn't know that. Well, the suit was, but that was it. And then, like, th- there was, like, the false god, th- like, the, there was the statue of Superman that they, like... Mm-hmm. Vandalized. Yeah, they vandalized when wrote false god and were chanting, you know, go home, go home. Even though his home got blew up, so that's super fucking insensitive. Their angry mob. Um, <laughs> they were saying no hope. Is that what it was? Which, I thought it was seemed, which seemed even bleaker. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought they were saying that's a go weird home. thing to chant. Um, we'll have to go back and see if we can clean it up. I, I swear, I thought they were chanting go home, go home. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So let's agree that yeah. both would be bad. Yeah, both would be terrible. But like. The thing that was really cool about the fight that the two of them had in Dark Knight Riot, in Dark Knight Returns was the fact that basically, because um, uh, Dark Knight Returns takes place in 1986 when Reagan is president, right? And Reagan, Reagan was in the middle of the Cold War, and he's a very conservative, and he's a conservative icon, right? Like, uh, like he, he, like the world had to rally or um, behind him or not the world but like the states had to rally behind him and in some ways the world because like he was in the middle of the cold the cold war and if they didn't have reagan and he didn't do his whole might and right thing like god knows what could have happened in that you know particular standoff but in so frank miller sets the dark knight returns in the 1986 era and Superman is very much like like nowadays in 2015 Superman if you read the comic books he's you know very much he belongs to the world right like he like he's like earth is my home but in 1986 in Frank Miller's version um he's truth justice in the American way Superman and he very much belongs to the United States and he's you know the the, the golden boy that helps them you know stop uh whatnot and helps them police you know, kind of the world and police. So he's, he's kind of like team America world police, but it's Superman. And basically what happens is there's this really cool bit where Reagan tells Superman, listen, you got to go stop Bruce Wayne. Like, like we can't have him being a vigilante again. We've abolished vigilantes. So you're his friend, you go talk to him. And then, you know, Superman does so. And Superman. Sorry, does Reagan know that Bruce Wayne is bad? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'd have to go back and, and I'd have to go back and make, that's weird. <laughs> I'd have to go back and make sure. I I want to say he does, but only as like the president. Like he never like like Reagan doesn't go out and be like, 
Oh, I see. You know, Reagan. So it's sort of a hotline thing. Yeah, it's more of a hotline thing. Like Reagan would know because he's the president, but he would keep it super secret under wraps. Like he wouldn't tell anybody, but like Reagan basically tells him, you know, you gotta go get. As a matter of national security. Exactly. Like you gotta stop him. We can't have him because if, if we have him running around, then we're gonna have other guys running around again. And he says, you know, like Superman, you gotta go stop him. And Supes initially approaches him as a friend, right? And, and goes and he's like, Bruce, you gotta stop what you're doing. And you know, because, like, if not, I'm going to have to bring you in. Like, if you don't stop, I'm going to have to bring you in. And then uh-huh. Batman, you know, him, they basically have a really good conversation in the book where Batman basically is, you know, his retort is basically, now it's a little more eloquent than this, but his retort is basically, you fucking sellout, right? Like, like, he's, like <laughs> he's like, you're a sellout. I'm not listening to you. You, you get out, you get out of here, right? And what like, happened to you, Superman? You used to be cool. Exactly. He's like, we used to be buds, man. Used, used to be to about have, the music. And, and now you're this tool and whatnot, right? And, like, so it, it like obviously Frank Miller puts it in a, in a way that sounds better, but I'm I'm giving you the gist of it for for you know sake of cleaning it up. And then Superman eventually says, "Well, if you don't stop, I'm gonna have to bring you in." And then Batman's just like, you know, you name the time and the place. And then he that's when he puts on the, the suit and they have it out. And they actually animated those two, like the DC animated universe um, did those two. Uh, they did a two-parter of because like the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns is basically four books, right? Mm-hmm. Um, four chapters a piece, four books, um, and they did two hour and ten minute movies. And the first one basically does books one and two, where it's him returning because again he was like because Batman's you know like sixty years old in in the Dark Knight Returns because he's literally the Dark Knight returning, and it shows him return and then shows him fight the Joker and then in books three and four it's like the political stuff and then him fighting superman and they split it that split those into two like hour and 10 minute dc animated universe movies and the first one is like you know him returning and fighting a couple of his old villains like um two-face and the joker and then the second one is the superman stuff that version those versions did that dark miller which is essentially the bible of comic books did that justice and I don't think Zack Snyder is going to get it done and I don't trust him to get the job done. And I think when it's all said and done, once this movie comes out, I'll, I'll bet you I record a commentary track either before or after having seen Dark, probably after having seen Batman versus Superman, more likely to cleanse my palate than anything because yeah. that Batman Superman, like the Dark Knight Returns part one and two that they animated, they took the Bible and did it justice basically. Wow. Let me put it this way. If I'm seeing that movie at all ever, it's going to be with you and we're probably going to record a podcast directly after it. <laughs> yeah, most likely. I like Even if it's bad, I'll probably have to see the movie a couple of times because I'm going to want to record a pod after it. And if it's good, I'm going to want to see it again. And if it's bad, I'm going to be like, I'm going to see it again and I'm going to take notes the second time to be like, oh yeah, that scene, that sucked. And be like, yeah, this was bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see it with you so that if that if one of us is pleasantly surprised then we can share that moment. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's tough because I don't want to completely nerd rage on it because like... I'm not nerd raging. I don't like Zack Snyder. I don't like his art direction. No. I, mean, I felt like I had to turn up the gamma in that trailer. <laughs> no, yeah, like me, me, me neither. And well, well, although like we discussed it earlier that he did at least have some color in the Superman outfit this bleeping time, right? Yeah, um, just going around and murdering people. Yeah, hopefully the Superman doesn't murder anybody this time. But it's just not a 
because uh, I don't even know, but like, like there was the cool part where you saw Batman like go and open up this vial in the Batcave, which you assume had kryptonite in it, right? And it was just like, yeah, well, that's kind of cool. But other than that, it was like, because like I don't like the the version. It, it seems like Batman they're doing it where in, in this version where Batman's the good guy, and then. You think so? He's got it. Well, that was the way the trailer made it seem, which was weird to me. It may not end up that way, but they made it seem like, you know, Luthor has basically turned through pop propaganda, has basically turned the world against Superman. And then it's like, well, who's the best guy to stop Superman? And it's like, let's send Batman in there. The other guy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, let's send Batman in there to stop him. And it's like, well, that doesn't, eh, I don't know. Just, we're, we're like what still like 14 months away from this movie coming out or not even it's more like 60 it's more like 15 16 months before this movie comes out so yeah i don't know it's 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 tough to say i i will say as of as of what's today uh oh 420 that's easy to remember 420 2015 <laughs> as of 420 2015 yeah i am more excited my my excitometer is pointing more towards Star Wars than it is to Batman Superman, which yep. And I love Batman and Superman, and don't much give a shit about Star Wars. Exactly. Well, it's not that I don't give a shit about Star Wars. I love Star Wars, but I like if you if you're like, hey Matt, would you rather do something Batman related or Star Wars related? I'm always I'm gonna say Batman every time, except in this particular case, apparently, where I'm gonna say no. Let's go see Star Wars Episode Seven as opposed to Batman <laughs> Superman. Yeah, if if you would have told me in in like 2010 that I would be more excited to see a Star Wars movie than I would to see a Batman Superman movie, I would have slapped you in the face. <laughs> Yeah, and yet here we are. Um, Jeez, that's. I'm hoping that that. Uh, I'm hoping they're both good, but I don't think Zack Snyder is gonna. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I want every movie in the world to be good. I want there to be nothing but good movies. <laughs> yeah, like yep. it, it's 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 always to say, of course, like, of course we want it to be good, but uh, I, I'm skeptical. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just I think I think. Um... <clears throat> And he did stay, and especially like considering. I'll be there. I mean, again, if you asked me in 2010 if I would ever, you know, laugh my ass off during a Fast and Furious movie, and they already <laughs> shot the wire, so. they already moved. I guess I could have my mind changed. They already moved the, the the date of the release of this movie up a couple of months because it was going to go head to head with uh, um, the third Captain America movie. Oh yeah, no, there'd be, there'd be no question. <laughs> yeah, well, so Captain America: Civil War then. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's Civil War. Well, it's it's so like scared. it's the dawn of Civil War or some nonsense. Like it's it's it. I don't think it's going to be the actual Civil War movie, but like that movie will likely end on a dark note of, um, yeah, it's Captain it's, America. It's, and Iron it's called Man. Civil War, and yeah. then the uh, the Marvel the Avengers that leads into is Infinity Wars. I think. I think so. Yeah, Infinity Wars, and they they want that to be like part one, and then part two, and then I think Infinity Wars part two is going to be the end of. The MCU. <laughs> the MCU, and then they're probably going to reboot the whole goddamn thing again. With sure, yeah. Actors. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll have been 15 years by that point. Well, I don't know if we're going to be getting too many too many more episodes with uh, with uh, Robert Downey Jr. As well, that's, that's, that's just it. it. That's yeah. exactly what we said. They're doing, they're, like, they, their plan is to do... I think he has two movies left on his contract, that's it? I think two on his contract, but I'm fairly certain he can be talked into... Um, no, he's got three left on the contract because, or so I don't know. Maybe he's not going to be in part two because they want to split the Infinity Wars into a part one and a part two. 
Isn't he? So maybe that counts as one flick because he's going to film it all at once and then they're just going to release it as two movies, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't know contract wise how that leads or not. So, but like, yeah, he's contracted in to do Civil War after Captain America Civil War, which is going to be the two of them fighting. And then they're going to do the Infinity Wars. And I assume, I guess maybe since they're going to split it up, it only counts as one flick. So, actually, uh, speaking of which, if we can get into this for like the last five minutes of this pod, um, did you guys see the Ant-Man trailer? <laughs> yes, the, the the second new one. The uh, second new one, yes. Um, I've never liked, fun? <laughs> yeah, it does look a lot of fun. That trailer made that movie look fun. I was going to go see it anyway, but that trailer made me look, and they actually made Yellow Jacket look pretty badass. Like maybe when they showed it, when they showed the one photo of him and he was like standing there and he had like the, the spikes coming out of him and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, that <laughs> looks pretty badass as opposed to the comic where he is literally dressed like a bee. Did you are, see are, Dave? Oh, yeah. Because it's, uh, I, I, it's, it's uh, Pete Russo from House of Cards playing Yellow Jacket. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My my favorite part was uh, the scene where he's just like, so I'm getting you out of jail from stealing, breaking in yeah. and stealing things. That's fine. I'm done stealing stuff. <laughs> okay, so this is what I want you to do. Break in somewhere and steal something. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, I'm actually more excited for Ant-Man than I am for Star Wars. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a coin flip for me. It depends on what I eat for breakfast on any given morning. <laughs> I have no reason to believe Ant Man to be bad. I have three movies to believe that Star Wars could be bad. Well, that's fair. So yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think this Star Wars one's. Good. I would be if if it's mediocre, that wouldn't surprise me. But if it's bad, that would genuinely surprise me. Yeah, that's that, that, would, that would honestly surprise me. Actually, Dave, I have a quick question for you then, because you're a fairly big Star Wars fan. Um, what percentage of the Star Wars movies would you say you like? Is it actually three of six? Because <laughs> a lot of people don't like Jedi, from what I'm understanding. Well, Jedi uh, is a bad. I like app. Jedi. Jedi's not I a like Jedi. Jedi's not a bad movie. It's just a bad wrap up because, like, it's it's just. That's why they needed three more. Mo- they want to do three more. They, he really wanted to do more movies, <laughs> but. I don't know why he, well, thank God he didn't, but... It's all part of my original vision. The problem, I think what what the problem for him was, is he, instead of doing the origin story, what he should have done is continued. Yep, that's generally my fault with a lot of things, and that's why I haven't been liking the uh, Star Trek movies as much either recently. Why why do you want to go back and tell something like... Well, yeah, we know what happens, now do something new, please. Yeah, explain what's going to be going on in the future. Uh, I know he had all kinds of other, there's all kinds of other canon and other, uh, like books and stuff like that for Star Wars, but not a lot in the same time frame. Yeah. I, I just hear from a lot of people who are like, you know, I love a new hope and I, you know, Empire, Empire is a Empire revelation, is but then they don't really like Jedi. And of course I don't like the prequels. I'm like, can you call yourself a Star Wars fan? If you like a third of something. Uh, um, like I like like Jedi's Jedi's okay, but like I, like I mean Jedi. they overdo it with the Muppets, but wow, and it's I really of, like Jedi. <laughs> yeah, and like but like it's got a couple of cool sequences, like the uh, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan as I've said many times, and I mean you can certainly take me to task for my opinions, but it, uh, it was the the hardest part of Jedi was, and this is a total it's a bit of a nerd thing, and it it is tough for me to believe that the Empire were beaten by Muppets with sticks. Well. That's the whole reason that they did it that way is to show that the little guy could actually fight back. That's kind of one of the 
but yeah, there was at least theme. a narrative it was an for it. It was an underlying theme for the entire thing is that, you know what, it's so there's the story about, um, like, uh, it's just the empire was so big that they could never, that they, they would crush they, it. They never perceived the Ewoks as a threat. Yeah. So is the, the whole little... thing, which they at least built to over the course of two movies. So I buy it, but at the same time, I'm like, "That's armor. Those are sticks. This should not be working." That's my only. <laughs> that's my only like, overall beef. Well, with, right? so like the 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 ATAT walkers, they're two legged. They're kind of flimsy. So what they did is they just kind of tripped them. Like you know, you just like you, if someone grabs one of your legs and you're walking and you don't realize someone grabs it, you're gonna lose your balance and fall. Right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you've got two trees hanging from two other trees and they release them and swing and then collide together. They're going to do some damage. Maybe they don't blow it up like they did in the movie, but they'll, you know, maybe knock you over. Uh, there was something to be said for them having the home turf. I can understand both sides of that argument. <laughs> so so the, you're saying that, oh, sticks beating them? Well, I'll agree that if they just walked up with a stick and started going clang, 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 they're not going to do anything. But they used some ingenuity and some logic to dis- to, to attack these walkers. And once they had the, the advantage of, you know, they just had numbers advantage too. So two guys two guys would come out and try to fight these guys and like 20 of them would run up and beat them with rocks. Like they'd hit them on the head with a rock. Eventually enough times getting hit in the face. It's, it's going to hurt. It's a I tale see, as old as time. I the noble savage. The Jedi commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it again. I like that movie. Despite yeah, the, di- despite the dissonance between like the super dark, like Luke versus the empire versus Vader stuff. And then, yeah, like, that, this, and then the cutting away part. to like cartoonish, like Looney Tunes. Ewoks yeah, fighting. That's the best part though, is it has all the good em- emperor stuff. And that's and why I love get it, to meet yeah. the emperor and, and stuff like that. Who is just it. sort of, Mentioned. He has all down. the best. Yeah. me down with all your hatred. He has all the best quotable lines in that movie. It's so easy. Um, yeah. So maybe in the future we've got a uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Maybe we've got a. Uh, oh God, that's been done to death with everybody doing yeah, Star Wars content. <laughs> but maybe we'll do it for funsies anyway. Who cares? Um, Dave Freiberger, Kevin Miller, thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll have you guys back on eventually. I'm sure. Take Absolutely. Care. Maybe we can speak about a topic that doesn't have me constantly bashing Zack Snyder. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. It's tough to do in 2015. It's, it's possible, I don't know. Maybe give it a couple of years for me to calm down. Maybe Zack Snyder will stop making movies. Maybe. Yeah, it's liable at this point. <laughs> All right, that's a good note to go out on. Take care, guys. Good night. Good night.